Balotelli, Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again! Gavin keeps it, skill off goal, look at that pass! Haydak! Goal, Columbus! There are things on here for the USA, can they do it here? Cross, and Dempsey's tonight again! And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we're back after a slightly unplanned uh, break in podcasting. Hope you guys have enjoyed the last few weeks of soccer. There's been lots going on. Beamer, we're uh, back and ready to talk lots of Champions League. We've got some U.S. soccer news to discuss, but I think it'd be weird if we did not start the podcast off by going straight into the sensation that is Miguel bleeping Barry. MFB, as we like to call him. Yeah, Miguel effing Barry. I mean, we could just say the other word, but I don't want to bleep it. So Yeah, exactly. I don't know what Apple does to their <laughs> podcast, Spotify, anything. Once it goes out, once we record it and goes into the ether, I have no clue the editing process that you that you do, Bone. I record it in the studio. I then whisk it off away to you, and somehow it magically you know shows up on your podcasting feeds. But that's right. Yeah. Miguel Blankenberry, MFB, just taking the crew's season hopes of hopefully a playoff opportunity and season the day. What a run this kid has had. Yeah, dude, he's been uh, phenomenal. Really, really great to see. Of course, the crew took on New York Red Bull, one of the few teams in MLS that have a worse record than the crew uh, and did what they should at home, right? They won the game at home. That's what you have to do if you're trying to make the playoffs in MLS. And that is the thing the crew have been Largely not able to do this summer, which is really disappointing, but that's okay. Miguel Berry came in and had a tremendous move that he put on late in the game after Lucas Delarayon fired a shot at the Red Bull goalkeeper. He couldn't handle it because it had so much pepper on it, and it landed right at Miguel Berry's feet. Took, I thought, a pretty bad touch right as it came to him, but gathered it, made a brilliant move to just slide his defender right out of the way. I mean, that chop step was like literally look it up in a dictionary chop step. That's what you're going to find. Just a, a a, a gif of Miguel Berry chopping his defender It's beautiful. Well, that's, that was so great to see someone on the ball composed right there inside the six. That is not going to just, you know, trip or try to draw a foul or get the ball taken off their feet. He made a brilliant move there and then did not miss with the left foot, which is another thing that I like to see at close range. Don't fire it right at the keeper. Don't make it easy. And I mean, he had three guys diving at his ankle and he's still just composed, stood there, made all the right moves. I read a quote from him uh, after the game where he was asked about that. And he said he took a little inspiration from a guy who scored quite a few goals in his day. You ever heard of... uh, Rob Lewandowski. Uh, I have heard of him. Yes. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to go so hyperbolic that I say that Miguel Berry is the crew's Robert Lewandowski. No, I say you go bigger. He (laughs) is better than Robert Lewandowski in general. He's just a better, complete striker bone. Yeah. All I know is that felt that move. He actually, if you go back, he referenced the goal that Lewandowski had in Champions League uh, in their game against Barcelona earlier that day which we will talk about a little bit later. 
but he referenced Lewandowski's goal. And if you look at it, it was a very similar goal. Came off of a rebound. He chop-stepped a guy and fired it home inside the 18. He was a little further out than Barry was. But I, it, it was it was interesting how that opportunity presented itself. And he did something very similar to what Lewandowski did. And he mentioned after the fact that I, he was taking his inspiration from Lewandowski. So... Either way, it, you can see a little bit there of of the Lewandowski trait, right? A big guy in front of the net who's not going to be afraid on the ball and who's going to make a, you know, killer move at the end to dash your hopes. That's if we could get that from Miguel Berry fairly often, I think crew fans everywhere will be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, he did this is not one he had to score off of his junk like he did. I think that was was that Cincinnati where yeah. he did that where he just kind of ran into it, mm-hmm. but this was a this <laughs> The junk goal was great for other reasons. This was great from purely soccer reasons. Yeah, you look at Miguel Berry and what he has become for this team, right? It's all about mindset and it's all about attitude. And we've talked about this before, uh, how you can get down as a young player, right? Um, I know Alexander Matan has started to play well. I think his confidence is rising as this season is going along. Uh, but Miguel Berry's confidence is sky high right now. At one point, I mean, to be able to sign a professional contract is one thing. To be able uh, to do it in Columbus uh, is another. But, you know, just looking at that, it can play such an integral role. And so when you start moving as a striker, I mean, we've seen guys go through ebbs and flows, and right? We talk about form all the time. It's something that you needed to happen. We know Lucas Elorion, when he's on his day, is one of the best in MLS, all right? We understand that when he plays to his day, he is. He's just, he's stunning to watch. But even the heads-up play from him, like, all right, you know, shoot this on shoot this on target, see what happens. And Miguel Berry there to finish that up bone uh, is exactly what this team needs right now. We know the injury issues have plagued this team all year you need a guy to step up in the biggest situations and time and time again when this team need a goal the most Miguel Barry is stepping up and I think it's critically important for where the crew stand right now but I what a lovely lovely you know present this has been for crew fans coming into the year I mean honest expectations of Miguel Barry what he was going to do I mean has he blown them out of the water for you I would imagine so yeah yeah of course I mean I don't think anybody was truly expecting this people you know over the summer I will say to crew fans credit there were a lot of crew fans who at the time, you know, obviously you had your issues with Jossie missing time mm-hmm. due to the Gold Cup situation. Injury. And then he had the injury right after that. Right. So a lot of time where he was not out there and Miguel Berry had his, you know, people fan base. What? Yes, that too. His people, people in, fan base. Yes. The people fan base, mm-hmm. as, as everyone calls them. No, the the crew fans that were saying let's see Miguel Barry let's give him a shot why not nothing else is working and Caleb Porter had that moment it was about a month ago or so where you know he was like oh the fans want to see Miguel Barry well he's playing tonight so there you go like just like kind of as if, oh, okay you guys don't think you know what you're doing eh, no, uh, he, he's up my nose at you right crew he, fans. He, he has to play tonight so we'll find out like just it was like you get just, what you wanted. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Caleb seems to be working pretty damn well. Yeah, I just uh, the guy is so arrogant, man. Now his arrogance works when you're winning an MLS Cup. It doesn't work when you're hemorrhaging working. points week yes. in week out. <laughs> right when you're having that type of experience, the level of attitude there is not appreciated. It needs to be more of a we're willing to do anything. We're not afraid of anything. We will try anything. But look. You can argue that Caleb Porter is brilliantly handling Miguel Berry because he's using him as a sub. And as a starter, he was not nearly as effective as he's been coming off the bench. That's fine. It is frustrating 
because this team does seem to give up goals. I saw that, I want to say it was one of the guys over at Massive Report that did this, and I forget who which writer it was. Shame on you. Yeah, but one of the guys over at Master Report put a stat together that said of the crew's 30 points this year, 11 of them have been earned in games where they fell behind first and mm. either had to come back for a tie or a win. So that's not exactly ideal that more than a third of your games you've had to or points that you've earned have come in games where you've fallen behind. A few times. I think I've gone, I've gone to the stadium three times. All three times I have gone down to the Death Star, the crew have gone behind 1-0 on the games. Yeah. Every and, time. And every you, time. So that's not really on the offense, right? Yeah, like, yes, the offense has at times been anemic this year. And Miguel Berry, with his, what, four goals, is now the second leading goal scorer on the team. A guy who's played like 300 minutes this year is your great, second Bob. leading goal scorer. No, that's not. And, and that speaks to the anemic offense that they've had. But defensively, yes, you can't keep it is tougher to score when your team is always down a goal, especially at home. You got a bunch of teams then that are like, well, we're up a goal on the road. What are we going to do? Go aggressive and try to leave ourselves open to a counterattack, leave ourselves open to. No, they're going to let you possess the ball and they're going to let you empty bucket it around and they're not going to let anything inside the 18 that's dangerous. So that does make it tough to score goals when you are behind. But it's good to see this team finally have that killer instinct once again. I also heard Caleb Porter. He he mentioned that. Um, he wishes, he said, Miguel Barry is this guy. He's like, he actually brought up that he's a good looking guy. Mm. And he even said that, uh, you know, it's, it's that old soccer thing, right? Where he's like, oh yeah, he's a guy you'd want your daughter to date and all that stuff. And then he said, but I wish he had some more tattoos or I wish he had his, you know, teeth okay. missing. Like he was saying, this guy is almost too nice of a guy. Mm. Like he, he, I want to see that killer instinct out of him a little bit more. He said in training, he's just been resigned to the fact that like, yeah, I'm the backup. I get it. So I'll go out here and do my job as the backup. And Jossie Zardes is the starter. He's in the U.S. national team pool. He is the guy who was on this team that won an MLS Cup as one of its best players. So you can understand that a bit from Miguel Berry, a young player coming in. There's already a veteran in the spot. But I guess that's where Caleb Porter's saying, I thought he was going to fight more for this. You need to be more of a, of a Jamie Tart, not a Danny Rojas, is what you're yeah. saying. He is very much a Danny Rojas, though, doesn't he? Like, just everything, everything feels so happy with Miguel Berry, and I love that. But it's, it's again, Caleb Porter cannot go more than a few minutes without throwing one of his players under the bus and saying, well, this guy was tougher, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jesus, man, like, he just... What did he ever do to you? <laughs> what has anybody ever done to this man? God, he's just always angry about everyone. It's always someone else's fault. It's it's right. Again, it's Miguel Berry's fault. He's not playing more because yeah. he didn't instantly come in and be like, you know what I'm going to do? Punch gonna someone supplant. in the face. I'm going to supplant Jossie Zardes and Bradley Wright Phillips. That's what I'm going to do. Those guys have got like 800 goals between the two of them. Sure. I want yeah, Miguel no Berry to show up in the next game with a forearm sleeve. Just like tattoo <laughs> sleeve, biker gang tattoos. Like maybe that would make Caleb happy. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's be <sighs> we can spend a lot more time on this, but that's because Caleb Porter, I believe, lives in a world where if you see anyone in your space doing slightly better than you, you need to be pissed off about mm. it and try to instantly be the best again over them. And it's like, I get that when you're looking at soccer fields and standings and a game that needs to be won. It's not quite the same when you're like in training and you see two veteran guys and you're the rookie or you're trying to learn and grow in this sport 
I don't think that's the same. I, I don't think you can blame Miguel Berry for saying, oh, they've got who they want here. I'm coming in to try to help. And I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn I'm going to the learn under these two guys. What's wrong? <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, Miguel Berry, you do you. Don't let Caleb Porter turn you into like a nasty, angry, toxic, cutthroat, capitalist, win at all cost. A <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, God, you can be a guy who's just like glad to be there and you uh, score you know goals what, Miguel, you get your No, chance. Miguel Berry, too good right now at this position. We're going to move him to fullback. We're just going to play him at wing back. That's what we're going to do. Caleb Porter wants everybody to be Jeff Bezos, and I don't get it. <laughs> why? I don't know why you want that guy on your team, but whatever. All right. Anyway, so the crew... They're doing well. They have a slightly bigger challenge this weekend where they will be taking on New England on the road. Mm. New England is on 55 points this year. The crew are on 30. They are number one in the standings. Crazy game. Is, crazy game the last time that the crew played them, right? I mean, that yes, was the of opening of the LDC, correct? Dejan Buchanan scored his goal. Yeah, that was that 2-2. Ugh, what an up and down affair yeah. that was, right? That was just everything. Like, Got your teeth kicked in the first 30 minutes, and then you came back and found a way to tie it up and would have loved to get a victory, but whatever. Anyway, here's what I know. You've got that game. If they if they can find a way to get some magic, and I'm sorry, Caleb Porter, I don't need a point here. I need three. Mm. It's it's tough duty, right? But this is the hole you're in. you got nine games left, and you're outside of the playoffs. You've got Toronto has – or Toronto, not Toronto, Atlanta. They've got – uh, they're only up three points on you for the final playoff spot, but they've got two games in hand. So it's not like it's just three points. Right. It's possibly going to be six or more. So you've really got to bear down and get some results you did not expect. New England, anything surprised there would be, of course, welcome. But yeah, if you can get a tie there, that's the bare minimum. Then you've got Montreal coming up the following Saturday. So you actually have now, after a midweek game, You've got this New England tough deal there, and then you've got Montreal. Montreal, no questions asked. You have to take three points. You're at home. It's 7.30 on a Saturday. It's the Nor There's nothing weird about that game. Yeah. Okay? Then I, I have to speak about this. Columbus, Cruz Azul, Campeones Cup final. Caleb, I don't give a shit about this final. <laughs> don't tell Do that not. to neighbor Eric. He's got <laughs> tickets. He's very juiced up for this no, game. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. It would be cool to watch the crew beat Cruz Azul, but if you win that and then don't make the playoffs, no one's going to be yeah, happy. Yeah, but to Caleb Porter's credit, that's a trophy bone. I, but that's, that's what I'm a, saying. He's going to say, oh, but we want a trophy. That's what we came here to do is win a trophy. <laughs> Shut no. Do not throw everything at that game. Put out. Let Miguel Berry play three positions. I don't care. Let him play all that you can. But my point is, like, have a secondary roster go out there and do that. And then all your everything goes back to Philadelphia. You have to go on the road to play them. You have to try to get a point out of that game. You have to beat Inter at home, Inter Miami. Sorry, no confusion there. Yep. You got to go on the road to Nashville. Like, And by that point, we're almost to the end of October. That's like, then it's almost done. So you cannot, the Cruz Azul game has to be the lowest priority you have. And I hope he knows that. I don't so. think so. I mean, you're talking about a pretty headstrong individual. Uh, my guess is that for when that game rolls around, Bone, they're going to roll off their starting 11 and do everything they try to can to win that game. I, like, I'm being serious. I know, I know that they, we joke uh, and we have a good time on this podcast. And, you I know, know, we know. But that, that's that's the way he's built. That's the way he's built. There's no foresight. It's like, all right, trophy, you know, we're in a bad position for the playoffs. We still have faith that we can make this. Oh, what's the best way to do that? And to save my job, oh, just won a trophy.
That's yeah, that's the way to I do. It. I guarantee I you, that's what's going to happen. I, I know I hope that. it doesn't, but that's the way he's built. But also, throw everything you've got at Cruz Azul. You're not beating them. Like <laughs> they're just a better team right now. I mean, uh, whatever. I mean, again, I would love it. Jeez, it, negative bone. First time we've done a podcast in a month. Good to see okay. nothing's changed, bud. <laughs> Look, if the crew were in the top three in the East and they were pretty squarely into the playoffs, I could see then taking off one of those lesser games. I could see looking at Montreal and being like, who cares? We win or, we don't need that game. It's at home. We can get a tie with our backups. Win or, or lose, we booze. Yeah, <laughs> but but then throw it all at Cruz Azul and hope you can come back at Philadelphia and just grind out a zero zero game. I would understand it if you're top three. You cannot drop any points. At, you cannot you cannot lose any game. You cannot lose any game going forward the rest of the year if you want to make the playoffs. So Cruz Azul beat us six to nothing. I don't care. I would I'd hate that, but whatever. This just in breaking news: T Bone. Hates the crew. <laughs> that's what I've been. How's that well, for, that's, that's how's that for a, a spin cycle? Half of the people in the front office think that anyway because I like dare to criticize them. So <laughs> how dare true. you criticize yeah, our team? Dare, yeah, they do. All right. Well, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk about uh, some ticket prices for the U.S. Mm. soccer team going to Cincinnati and also Champions League. That'll be next right here on Bowdoin Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So let's talk ticket prices. That's what you tune into a soccer podcast for. Mm-hmm. Good old front office discussions about how much you should pay to put your ass in a seat. And the lack of jerseys in the team store. <laughs> well, I'm told there's nothing that can be done about that. It's all, it all comes from the league, it's correct? all Adidas in the league, yeah. but you know who else? You know who owns the league? Like, you know who is part of the league? Jimmy Haslam. You know who else is part of the league? Arthur Blank. Like, if the... If these guys get together and go to Don Garber and say, hey, idiot, figure this out. We have a brand new logo that we want to sell to everyone because it's so brilliant. Like, don't you think Arthur Blank would back Jimmy Haslam or anybody else that came and was like, we got this problem and we can't get this done. That's why I don't believe it's just MLS and Adidas and it's out of our hands. The fact of the matter is (laughs) they printed up a whole bunch of jerseys that have the new logo on them but they haven't unveiled the new jersey yet. Because mm-hmm. don't re- don't forget, the black jersey's going away next year. Okay, the gold jersey's coming back next year. That's been confirmed. That's happening. The gold jersey will have the crappy logo on it, just like the gray jersey does now. That's what's happening, folks. So we're like, going gold and gray next year. So that Yeah, we're going to go gold and gray next year, and they have not unveiled the gold jersey yet. I'm convinced that's why this is being done. There's no... If the crew would like to clarify that, please do, because... There's no other explanation. I can't understand why right now I go on the cruise store. The only jerseys that are available are youth sizes. And then breaking news, <laughs> not going to fit us, by the way. Like <laughs> you and me, probably not fitting into youth size. Probably haven't fit-, fit into them since we've been three years old. <laughs> no. No, youth sizes do not work for me. In fact, most I'm going to need a youth most- <laughs> 12XL. <laughs> Maybe 15, depending on... Do they still do husky sizes? Husky. Is that still, is that still a thing, or the is that husky. PC? Is that, is that still even a thing? I don't if, know. If we ever rebranded Bone and Beam United, I think it should be Husky Soccer FC or something. We should just... Husky Soccer Pod. I think that's where I would go with it, because, buddy, I'm with you. We are the Huskies. Uh, 
Okay. So anyway, yeah, whatever their issues are there, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I will. I obviously don't know everything clearly. I'm very stupid. But whatever the issues are with the jerseys, it sucks that there are a lot of crew fans that want to buy those god-awful gray jerseys. I mean, they're not my favorite, but if you want to buy them, I'm not trying to besmirch doesn't that, that. Doesn't that seem like bad business metrics, yeah. right? Like, all right, here, uh, it's, I want this. Nope, can't do it for you. Sorry. We're going to have to wait until next them. year. What does that even mean, we're I mean, out of them? The Ever Given got stuck in the Suez Canal like six months ago. World shipping has got back on track. Let's yeah. find a way to fill these damn stores. That's actually what it was. All the jerseys were on the Ever Given. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They in were the all shipping there. Container, just, that actually wasn't covered in the news, but all of the MLS jerseys that you want got dropped in the ocean somewhere yeah, so they're just, there we uh, just don't know how to uncover them i can't and by the way any self-respecting league would then say to adidas then we're done with you we you've breached our contract you can't deliver our product then sorry we don't work with you anymore then but no mls and don garber the brilliant business manager is gonna be like oh adidas would it be okay if we got some jerseys no okay we'll sit over here and just be the tiny little soccer league in the g- giant country and media market that everywhere else U.S. calls, they answer, right? If if the NHL calls Adidas, I bet they get the job done, right? If if anybody else calls, but no. MLS calls, we don't got time for you. Yeah, sorry. We're busy sorry. selling Cristiano Ronaldo Manchester United jerseys. <laughs> How about that? Well, we'll, we'll, talk, about, we'll talk about yeah. that. All right, so the U.S. soccer pricing for the USA-Mexico game, which was moved to Cincinnati, and I've seen some crew fans who think, oh, or some people who are saying, oh, you're just bitter about this because it's not in Columbus. No, this is dumb. These prices are disgusting. So the level 18 is the lowest level seat you can get. The get-in-the-door price, these are face value tickets for USA Mexico in a larger stadium than it's been held in for the last 20 years. What's the capacity down there in Cincinnati? I think it's pushing 30,000, okay, I wow, want to say. Right. 28 or something. I think it's up there. I mean, it's it's bigger than Lower.com Field. It's bigger than Historic Crew Stadium. Get in the door price is $125. That's baseline bottom value ticket price, correct? That is not with your, yeah, that's not with your Ticketmaster fees. That's not with if you're buying on the resale market. This is just if you can get the lower level seats, the very, ba- not lower level, the, you're in the upper deck, yeah. right? But these are the cheapest teach, seats you can buy, 125 bucks. Uh, to get into like level 10, which would be lower in the upper deck or maybe down in the ends, that's $245. Mm. And of course, if you want to sit anywhere near like lower sideline, level one, the most expensive ticket is $1,000. That's outrageous. This is, this is it for a game in Cincinnati, Ohio, number one. This is for a game that, yes, it's USA-Mexico. It's a great atmosphere. I've been to many of these games, and I have enjoyed them. But it is not worth $1,000 a ticket. I don't care. Do you know what the World Cup final in Russia was? For the- uh, probably like 300 maybe. For to the best seats I could find, because I went and looked up an article that said, what are tickets going to cost for the final in Russia? This is before they even knew who the teams were, right? They just said, World Cup final. To it's final. going to be a good match. Right. The most expensive ticket I could find was eleven hundred dollars. Mm, that's for, for a World Cup final. World Cup final. You're this talking is about a, a qualifier, a, yeah, a qualifying game for the World Cup, USA versus Mexico in Cincinnati for a thousand bucks. That's crazy. It's just ridiculous, dude. I uh, let me just pull a random level for you. Level six. Now that is the what they call the Legends Room. Ooh. Um, Free food that, and beverage is that included? Yes, or not? that's the cheapest. 
uh, free food and beverage site. Now that is up in a corner, but it's like a club area. Uh, that one for level six tickets that costs you four or three hundred and twenty-five dollars a piece. If you were to sit in, let me see, trying to find like something that's right along the sidelines. Uh, let's go with that would be level eleven, lower sideline. This is in the corner, okay? So to get in the corner. Lower 11, it's $200 a ticket. $200 a ticket for this game. What is U.S. soccer doing, man? I don't like, know. Eh, whatever. It's it's frustrating. I'm glad they have Ricardo Pepe because he's the only reason right now that Greg Berhalter still has a job. Yeah, he, I know was, that, he was getting ready to get fired, wasn't he? I mean, we were right well, on the precipice of that. <laughs> there, it, That was another thing I, I found. Like Our guy, Pat Murphy, and he's not the only one. There were other crew fans, too, that were like, why is everybody so down on Greg Berhalter? This is how he's always coached, right? Where you have tons of possession, but you can't really generate offense. And my argument with that is, yeah, we did know that Greg Berhalter has games like that. It's just frustrating to see it happening with way better players right. than the crew had all these years. The question with Greg Berhalter's system is always going to be, now he's not going to lose a lot of games, but when it comes to finding a way to win... And especially when you're in World Cup qualifying, tying to teams like El Salvador and Canada is not ideal. But when his system works best, you are not going to lose a lot of games. The question is, can the international players get the system down quickly? Because a lot of his system, it relies on repetition. So will they get the reps needed to play this system correctly? Hopefully so. Also, if Ricardo Pepe comes in and just plays out of his mind... <laughs> tears up their entire defense yeah, that's great this like, Pulisic kid I'm on to Pepe I'm on the Pepe train now <laughs> yeah Pulisic came out I think after the first goal I don't think he played in for the last three goals because he had a go figure I don't know if you've heard of this took a Christian, knock Christian Pulisic hurt again yeah I don't know if took that, a knock can you imagine Chelsea too by the way because they're sitting there so he got ouchie and I think he's out you know three or four weeks and it's like, oh, good. He'll be healthy and rounding back into form and get a couple games under his belt just in time for the next international break <laughs> so he can go play for the U.S. and get hurt well, again. You know, I guess the good point for the U.S. men's national team perspective is that he has plenty of time to learn the system that Greg that's Berhalter right. is yes. impl you know, implementing. So that's good. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so. Thomas Tuchel, go blank yourself. You know, <sighs> that's right. Focus you on cup qualifying. Yeah, well, that's all right. He's he's doing okay. He's He's got other – he's got some other talent. He's got some other weapons. They're all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Champions League. We're not going to hit on all these games. Obviously, it's still very early on in the group stage. But uh, Manchester United, your boys, who have been looking good in Premier League, but uh, unfortunately weren't ready for the young boys no. of the Swiss Super League. Young boys gets it done 2-1 to one, uh, in that game, which was a pretty rousing affair. A late goal scored, and I'm blanking on his name, but I know he is a... U.S. national team pool player. I'll go look him up. Sayabachu. I don't know. Yeah, Sayabachu. I'm, I'm sure right, I yeah. absolutely butchered that's that it, name. But you're right. That's Yes, that's the player we're blanking on. Yeah, yeah, it was right. it was pretty crazy. So in the time that we have uh, not done this podcast, Bone, in the month that we've been off, uh, Manchester United, breaking news, acquired Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, which I was very thrilled about, and I know that all Manchester United fans are. Cristiano Ronaldo comes in like an absolute damn rocket, scores two in his first game back at Old Trafford. Okay, not shocking news right there. And then uh, basically 
basically just wide open at the far post. Bruno plays him in. Okay, you know, good goal. You're up 1-0. Aaron Wan-Bissaka gets a red card in this game. You're playing with 10 men basically for the better portion of an hour. Uh, and then Jesse Lingard has a horrible back pass, which sets up Sabayachu. Uh, and then it's game over. So, I don't know. I mean, not really taking a whole lot away from this if you're United. United. Is it disappointing? Hell yes, man. Can't be affording to hemorrhage three points to the young boys. Good news from this, though. It's still game one. You got a long way to go. Ole said it at the same time. I saw some reports coming out like, oh, this loss is really putting him on the hot seat. I'm like, have you checked the table the last time, like in the Premier League? <laughs> like, they're in first. They've got four matches played, three one, one draw. They're tied with Chelsea, Liverpool, and Everton on 10 points. Like, I'm pretty sure the world's not on fire. You had a red card and a bad back pass, which ultimately set you back. Does it suck? Yeah, absolutely. Losing to young boys, that should never happen. But at the same time, man, again, Game number one, and Cristiano Ronaldo is proving to be the menace that he was 12 years ago at United or whatever it is. So, uh, me, Bone, was very excited about that, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, as you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt that getting Cristiano Ronaldo back has been uh, pretty exciting for all Manchester United fans. You saw the, at least I saw the social media. and saw oh, it was how- like every hour they were tweeting about yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah. It was, it was a little it was a little much for me. It's a little what, much. What a, a little overkill. What a crazy story though that the guy Manchester City, it's all done. Everyone thought he was going to City. And then a bunch of his old boys just call him like, "I might don't do this, right?" And then he's that like, "I was okay, Australian. That wasn't even British. That was an Australian <laughs> accent." I oh, I was trying to go for Welsh. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, the toy to people taking it. That's my Irish accent. <laughs> That's all I can say, too, in the Irish accent. I'm sorry. Did you two just walk in? Yeah. Is that Bono? Bono Yeah, there. Come on, Bono. Let's talk about United. Come on over here. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Manchester United, not off to a great start in Champions League, but I think they'll be okay. And to your point, they're doing great in the Premier League. Uh, We also should mention real quick, Premier League-wise, guess who else is doing really great? Brentford. Mm -hmm. The Bees are 10th. Now they've only played four games, but hey, good for them. They got a win. They got two draws. Better than Arsenal. Lots of teams can say that, buddy. Lots of teams can say they're doing better than Arsenal. Uh, but anyway, another story for another day. Watford, by the way, up on Arsenal. There we go. Mm-hmm. Doing better than Arsenal. Anyway, that's my that's my team this year. Uh, Liverpool 3-2 to two over AC Milan. What and a great goal by Jordan Henderson, by the way. Great goal. I just, oh, not knocked it stiff. Crazy. Like, I just, anybody that can do that, I just, I know a lot of these guys can do it. But just to see it. When you when you get a chance to look at a goal like that, it's just unreal. It's just it, it, it boggles my mind how good all these players are. and Jordan Henderson, not a young buck. No, like he's been playing forever. You can and, tell too when he's out of the lineup. You know, he was injured for the majority of last season. Virgil coming back has been uh, giving them obviously a boost, but you can tell they are a totally different team when he's out. When he is in, man, he is a rock in the midfield. He is so damn good. Uh, for me, early on in the season, I know we're talking about Champions League. They look like the team to beat. Again, I was down on them kind of at the beginning of the year, only four games in. I'm uh, totally switching on that because they look pretty unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. So uh, a tremendous game there, AC Milan. Uh, not be able to get it done, but still, that was uh, that was good stuff. I it's think crazy both teams- heading into halftime too. They scored a minute and fifteen yeah. seconds apart from each other. Yeah, Liverpool got up the first goal right, and then it yeah. was two back from AC Milan, and then Liverpool comes back, and yeah, it was just that's the type of game you want out of your Champions League. Just two powerhouses going at it, and lots of goals. That was fun. Uh, speaking of a powerhouse and lots of goals, that's what Bayern Munich did to Barcelona three nothing. Smoked them <laughs> on the road. Let me tell you, Barcelona. 
The books may not be cooked, but everything else is with your team right now, buddy. You guys are bad. Yeah, it was. At uh, least you're not on the level. Of, you're not on the level you're expected to be. I'm sure they'll be fine domestically and all that stuff. But Champions League, not not looking good for Barcelona. Ever right. since that semifinal a couple of years ago, and I say a couple of years ago, meaning like seven or eight years ago, when Messi just snatched Jerome Boateng's soul from his body <laughs> and crossed him over and made him fall. Like Bayern have just beat the hell out of Barcelona. <laughs> like, really I don't really have. feel bad. They've got a ton of, you know, Champions League titles and everything. They're on to the new era uh, without Lionel Messi, depending a lot on Memphis Depay. Uh, let me just say this. Bayern, again, are going to be rock steady. They'll make it through to the round of eight. We'll see what happens when they get to the semifinal. That's really all we need to talk about. They're unbelievable. You think so? Oh, oh Bayern. I thought you said Barcelona. Oh, God, no. It's just like, no, thanks. That's a pass. prediction. Yeah, Hard Bayern, pass. Yeah, Bayern Munich are as chalk as it gets. Yeah. And it, but they're also never like they could if they were in the NCAA tournament every year, I'd be like, well, is this the year they've got that five? Nope. They would make it all the way to the elite eight every year. No questions asked. Probably final four most years. Like they're just they're just on another another level as far as getting to the really meaningful matches of Champions League. So, yeah, no surprise. They just went out and dominated another you know team that is supposed to be a pretty decent side. Yeah. But- small plucky underdog Barca. <laughs> Well, now they have no money. Mm-hmm. So once you have no yeah, money, they're broke. Now, yeah, they're broke. So now it's like, oh, these poor Barcelona, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. I do love their Champions League jerseys that they're wearing this year. I don't know. That might be a, a shocking take. Have you seen them? I mean, they have some sort of like, I don't know, pattern on them. They're beautiful. And they looked awesome getting their brakes beaten off of them in it. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I didn't actually get a good, I guess I didn't watch much of that game. So I need to go pull it up real quick. Let me look at it. Yeah, I think you're going to like it. As much as I know you and jerseys, I think you're really going to enjoy it. They're only wearing them this year for Champions League as well. I think you're going to love them. All right. What do we got here? What are these? Are these the... I can't get a good look at them. Oh, this is great audio. It's great podcasting, bro. <laughs> I just need a close-up. <laughs> I just want a goddamn close-up. <laughs> Everything. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Those are great. All right. Good. Hell, yeah. No, you know what's funny, though? Because I'd, I'd watched some highlights of it, and I just thought they had their regular jerseys on. Oh, no, yeah. They're all but different. But I wasn't... I didn't see a lot of close-ups. So I'm like... Because from a distance, they kind of still have the same... Yeah, the same color, color scheme. scheme mm-hmm. a little bit. But yeah, those are brilliant, man. They got the, like, splatter kind of look to them. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to buy one of those. Help Do them it. out. Raise some money for their... Do they have a bake sale? I don't know. Do they, do they have them in their pro they, shop, you think? Or they, do you think... Uh, I don't know. I'm not, not entirely the, sure. They're on the Ever Given with, yeah. the, crew, with uh-huh. the Crew 96 jerseys? Yeah, yeah Miguel Berry and Bear. Memphis jerseys, both together. Uh-huh. Sunk to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> some explorers are going to come along in 100 years and be like, well, it looks, looks like pirates got to this one, too. I don't know. Wow, Hang Barcelona. On. Remember the relic of a football team that they were? Look at the crew. Oh, my God. We could sell this thing for a million dollars, this Miguel Berry jersey. Greatest player of all time. This this here says that this is a this is an entire like shipping container of crew jerseys, but it looks like they're just all Miguel Berry jerseys. I guess we'd have to call this container, oops, all Miguel Berry. <laughs> like Captain Crunch. <laughs> That's what a long way to go for a stupid joke. Oh, speaking of that, joke. way to go, Norm MacDonald. Rest in peace. I mean, that, oh, was Norm. A, uh, that was a pretty good joke by you. I guess. Oh, yeah. Hey, all berries. Have you heard the moth joke, too? <laughs> the the moth mo- I mean, that was unbelievable. <laughs> Well, maybe my favorite of mirror, all time. I look in the mirror and see a man who lacks the courage. To, <laughs> just, like, what? <laughs> oh, Norm, we miss you so oh, much. Oh, man. All right, we have, we have one more of these Champions League games we're going to mention. And this one, 
This one actually has a little bit of uh, gallows humor to it, too, because you've got Pierre Saint- Pierre? Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so drunk right now. <laughs> Paris, uh, down to the Paris. sidelines, the Pierre Maguire. <laughs> what did Lionel Messi do this weekend? <laughs> Pierre Saint-Germain. <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain. Golly. Oh, my uh, Lord. By All the right. way, it's 9.45 on a Thursday morning. Bone oh, and I, both drunk. Both drunk. Mm-hmm. And you're at work, so that's a problem. Well, I'm at home, at least. Yeah, I'm hiding uh, it. The only <laughs> places to hide booze here. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. Now, they have a pretty potent lineup last I checked, but they were held to one goal by Club Bruges mm-hmm. and 1-1 draw. And so none of the high-priced talent, including Lionel Messi, scored a goal there. But... Interesting game nonetheless, right? The PSG with all that firepower. You've got Neymar out there. I believe it's the first time all three of them played together in the lineup too. Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. Yeah, and a Champions League game where you think this is just going to be... And not that Club Bruges is a walkover, right? They've had a pretty good run in the Champions League. Every time they seem to get in there, they do pretty well. But that was just... To me, that was shocking. And I forget who it was for Club Bruges who got man of the match, but it's like, buddy... Hang on to that award because yeah. you will forever be able to say I went up against Neymar and Mbappe and Messi and I was named the best player on the field that day. Who in their right mind would ever feel like that? I mean, just quit soccer after that. Like you, there, there's probably That's nothing the else you could ever accomplish. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's so the anyway. mount- it, it was fascinating, though, because uh, I was watching uh, the Goal Zone, which they do a tremendous job on CBS Sports Network with. And I actually figured out on my YouTube TV account, we have Univision or Telemundo or something like that. And I was watching the Spanish broadcast. Uh, they actually had Club Bruges and PSG on. Uh, and so the last 30 minutes of that match day, I was just locked into that. And PSG could not find a way at all past this defense bone and it was crazy you could tell I mean they're trying to get the ball you know inside to Messi inside to Mbappe Neymar doing stuff on the wing and they just could not break it down so again I'm sure they're going to be fine but when you look at this teams haven't they haven't played together that much I don't know if they're they have that much chemistry they will work it out but it was a unbelievable result for Club Bruges I'm sure they were partying uh there uh, to the much the chagrin of Colin Farrell <laughs> that's right yeah uh Belgium Club Bruges? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. In Bruges. Yeah. Learning geography through soccer. Hi, I'm T-Bone and I'm stupid. That's how I do it. Um, All right. So Premier League is back this weekend. That's exciting. Uh, You have got matches starting on Friday. Newcastle and Leeds at three o'clock. A couple of the matches I'm excited to watch. uh, Brentford and Wolves. I'm just love plunky, plunky and plucky Brentford. Looking forward to that. That's a 730 on Saturday. Watford, my team. 10 a.m. against Norwich City. Already a big one. Got to get that one against Norwich City if you want to stay up, I feel like. Not really. It's early in the season, but let's just let's just say it's a huge game because that makes me feel Norwich, good. Norwich, no points. Four losses. Yeah. Negative right. 10 goal so, difference. So don't let them get any points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, then Manchester United, your boys, Sunday, uh, 9 a.m. against West Ham. So that'll be nice. And Tottenham-Chelsea seems like the spotlight game of the weekend. That'll be an interesting one as well. 11.30, Tottenham hosting that game. On Sunday, of course, uh, yeah. Can Arsenal do anything against Burnley? That's the other big question I think we're all looking at this weekend. So, all right, we're back. Soccer's back. The international break's over. We're good. Being was good talking with you. Yeah, you too. I have a headache from laughing so much. (laughs) We laughed a lot on this episode. Yeah, a lot of it was very stupid too, by the way. And and if you please... 
do tweet at us at United if you find a 12 to 15 XL youth size crew jersey. That would be much appreciated. That's it. Yep. We will talk to you guys next week right on right here on the Husky Soccer Podcast.